0: to enjoy life you have one chance and you have one heart and if you carry all that hatred in your heart you're preventing yourself that happiness that life is all about you should just enjoy life enjoy what life has to offer and for me personally there is nothing better in life than the laughter of a child than to be able to pay it forward and help somebody in need to watch them find that inner spirit and inner life again
1: Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where the Orchard of Wisdom shows are at your fingertips. It ignites your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind, and your body. with illumination from people who have made the journey before you. They're here now to help you on your journey, on your path of self-discovery. We are funded by you, the audience, and the people we interview. If you wish to support us, please go to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com and press on our Fund Action button. Anything is appreciated. We would like you to sit back and enjoy the shows. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on SelfDiscoveryMedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Victoria Curry. She has started or supports a wonderful group, which is all about helping people um, with special needs as well as survivors of domestic violence. She's been doing this for over 16 years now, a contagious smile. We know how contagious a smile can be. As a special needs parent and a survivor of domestic violence and of special needs herself, she understands firsthand how challenging it was and still is to be able to find the assistance that you need. This is a place where there is no judgment no bullying you can get to be you they offer support groups social groups classes legal uh, preparation and much more and finally a place where you can be a month's lifelong friends who understand exactly who you are where you are be- because each and every one of them have been there and they still are having fun and learning to live with laughter and support one dreams. Now, Victoria is a true survivor and the mother of a special needs miracle child. And she has been educating herself and countless others within the special needs community. She brings a light to those who know true darkness. She has dedicated a large portion of her life to aiding those who are not in the position to help themselves. She has several degrees and certification, which also includes a paralegal degree, AL, ASL Masters, first aid. Um, Trekker Chaton Lemini, so folks, you're gonna to have to tell me what that is. Uh, <laughs> Three Black Belts in Mixed Martial Arts and is currently uh, furthering her studies uh, through online classes at Yale. Now, she really is a very lazy person who does around nothing. Uh, she <laughs> speaks to a group of domestic violence survivors as well as advocates for both survivors of special needs family. Uh, she's also accomplished author and works throughout the year to help bring awareness with uh, toys in special needs communities. She and her daughter have uh, been featured on TV With uh, for those with challenging abilities and also with abused women and having been a survivor and has made it through into a pit bull she advocates for the families and individuals and fights tooth and nail for them this is somebody that cares folks truly cares she doesn't care from afar she cares right up front welcome to the show love
0: Thank you so much for having
1: me. My pleasure. My goodness. You know, as I said, you must be lazing around all day. You know, honestly, how do you do what you do? You know, it's, you, you, yeah, the pitbull is right, right? You, you're going to go out there and make a difference and you're stepping up.
0: Thank you. Thank you. If I help one person, that, that's where it's a
1: great start. But that's, that is the start, isn't it? it is. You know, if the contagious smile is, is such a, a good name because... We know how just smiling at someone, even if they kind of, kind of do a quick look and smile down, you know, as most people do, look down. But that smile is contagious. You can't help it. It, mm-hmm. it lightens up the eyes. It lightens up the face. It lightens up the spirit. And yes. if we could just ignite that in somebody, in everybody, and have that domino effect, just imagine what state we would be in. Yes.
0: Can I tell you how we came up with the name? Yes,
1: please do. Well,
0: what happened is I am a survivor, as you said, and I've had both of my jaws broken so badly that all of this is titanium. Wow. So if you see here, you'll see I have scars here behind my ears on both sides. I've had complete bilateral replacement. Wow. And I have to do it every 20 years. Um, Everything is metal. You can feel all the metal in my face. Um. And I've had numerous surgeries that led up to this one. But prior to that, the love of my life, my daughter um, has cranial facial deformities. And so when from day one, I stayed with her as soon as I got out of the ICU and she they said, oh, she's not going to smile. She's not going to survive. She's not going to talk. She's not going to walk. She's she's not coming out of here. And I said, I don't, don't want to hear that again. That right. You're no. Right. Um. I was a single mom for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And so what was so beautiful is it, we were having 20, 25 doctors and therapists a week. And that was every week. And so when she was with the cranial facial team, I met the most beautiful, beautiful families. And the chief said to me, would you consider advocating? Cause every time I see you, you're literally talking about, Hey, well, you know, you could get this waiver and you can <laughs> get this and you need to help here. And, and then my daughter said to Santa that she wanted to give kids like herself a Christmas. So I put on a fundraiser that year and we raised over 300 toys and yes. we gave them to the people in the, the children in the chronic facilities because everybody's going to take care of the kids at the hospital. Yeah. yeah. So all of her therapists, you know, occupational, physical, speech, they were all like, oh, we want to do it. So we all got dressed up in Santa hats and stuff and we got the red wagons. And, you know, she was a, a preemie, so she's teeny tiny, a little jealous. And <laughs> so, so we had the red wagons and let's just say hypothetically, God forbid, she walked up to your, to your area and she said, hi, Miss there, you can pick anything you want. They're all unwrapped. So you don't have to worry because some of the kids might not have the ability to unwrap. Yeah. And then she would say, if you had a sibling in the room, because a lot of time these mm-hmm. families don't give the attention, yes. not necessarily on purpose, but to these siblings, because they're mm. so consumed with the requirements that are necessary for that child. Mm. And so she would say, this is from your sister. She wanted you to have a gift. Come pick one out. And that she would tell them it's from you. And every year we would always say, hey, is there anything you want? No, my mom gave it to me. Well, my daughter's speech is not um, and intelligible by most people. So I've kind of been her interpreter behind the scenes. She's fluent in sign. And when she got in front of, I guess, the right person, we were put on television and her part of her story with other parts of the, the beautiful anchor did with us, got an Emmy. Mm -hmm. And so they told her that she would never be able to talk. And she basically has a non-functional non-existing tongue, um, and she has a feeding tube. And what you were trying to say, you wanted a clarification on is called a tracheostomy. I'm certified oh, okay. tracheostomy. Right. She had a trach. And so luckily by the grace of God, that's been removed now. Um, but she, you know, and we'd be around those kids and I would just look at them and I would say, you know, just walking in this room, you light it up yeah. and they would look at you and ju- they always have such a great outlook and disposition. They always have such a happiness about oh. them they're the happiest kids. They don't take anything for granted. They just are so happy. And I looked over and I said to her, I was like, you are absolutely stunning. Like you're beautiful, stunning. You have the most gorgeous eyes. Really? I was like, absolutely. And she had, you know, she was in the process of surgery and, you know, surgery sections, if you will. And she was there for a post-op and we're waiting all to go back. And she just kind of looks at me and her, and her smile was a lot like my daughter's and it was kind of creepy a little bit. And I was like, that is contagious. And I was like, that is going to go everywhere. And I was like, who can see you and not just smile like crazy. Mm -hmm. And my daughter started smiling. And so it was a contagious smile.
1: That is perfect. And a beautiful story. Um, You know, there's a few other people I've interviewed. One is on the kindness wagon, you know, doing kind acts, kind acts, kind acts. The other one is about sharing a smile. And the impact of it, it is. And the, the, almost the adrenaline that comes from it, right. And the sharing of it. And it's a, as you said, you look at, there was that young girl who had, I can't remember what illness, but she was in and out of hospital most of her life. And she was such an eloquent speaker and she was an advocate for joy. And she said, no, I'm not going to live long. I mean, I'm going to be here. Every day is a gift. And every day I'm going to be promoting joy and promoting happiness, And I live with someone who's now almost 89, but she was four years in hospital after just after losing her twin sister. And literally within a month or two, she was in hospital with polio, going through all the operations and everything else. But you look at her today and and for her, it's about I choose happiness. I choose joy, and you know this particular uh, show genre is called "Choose Positive Living," and it really is that simple, isn't it? It You know, you can have the frown, and there are days where that frown, you know, is dominant, and it's okay to have that frown, but then turn it upside down, right? (laughs) Right? Because that smile is going to lift your heart and spirit up, and everybody's heart and spirit up around you. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Simple things in life, why do we complicate things all the time? Because things can be complicated, like your daughter's surgery, what you've been through, what some of the kids are going through. And then, of course, what some of the parents are going through when you talk about abuse. Um, Your facial um, operation, did that come about because of abuse? I have had
0: over 100 surgeries,
1: to correct what he did, and none of them were cosmetic. Wow. So... I hope that he is not fr- free and running around. He is. You have to be kidding. No. How? How can that be? Um sorry I it
0: Yes, no, how I can... time has gone by it's still Yeah, no, yeah, yes. it is. Um he he was active duty military and now I have to say that I do not believe that all military is bad yes out there because when i say that they're going to come out like oh she hates military that's not true nope, nope. um there are some really poopy military people let me say that they, i'm sure there's some great ones unfortunately i didn't have the positive interaction with those i got the bad one. right and um he <clears throat> sorry he was interac- he was active duty and the interaction with his platoon was and it's actually very common is that they cover for the soldier
1: they do yes
0: and that's what they did and I even told them he's going to kill us Mm -hmm. he's going to kill us and they just kind of brushed it off. off it was nothing um they witnessed him break in my face they witnessed him break my nose nothing um they came to see me in the ICU and I I own what I've done I absolutely nobody's perfect you're not perfect I'm not perfect nobody's perfect I screamed bloody murder When they came in my room, I did. I don't know who wouldn't. I said, you know, I hold you as accountable as him because I told you this was going to happen. You did nothing. Get out. Why would I want them there? You know, people are like, why did you yell at them? Who wouldn't yell at them? Yeah. You know, I'm in the ICU. I have a 2% chance of surviving. And I'm there in a military town. They come in before I've been in there almost two weeks at that point. My face, everything's broken. And I'm like, if it's not life threatening, leave it alone because the only thing I care about is my child. I'm pregnant. And I, I said you did oh. this while
1: you're pregnant. All of the abuse happened while I was pregnant.
0: Oh, yes. So I said, I just don't. Just just get out. And so the nurses were beautiful people and they made them leave. They said, You're gonna get out, leave, leave her alone,
1: get out. She can't
0: handle this right now.
1: And so that's But Mm -hmm. I don't understand how there was no accountability. You're in hospital. You've laid charges against him. Yes.
0: Well, I kept going to his command because what I didn't know is that an active duty soldier doesn't have civilian rights. So I kept going to his command, which means if something happens, they turn him over to his military command. Mm -hmm. And so I kept getting proof. I kept getting evidence. Like I had so much evidence. They kept going, why do you have so much? Because it keeps happening and no one is doing anything. Right. And I need to keep showing you because he's going to kill me and I don't want him near my kid. Like yes. This has to stop. So after all of these times, and I'm very light-skinned like you, and mm-hmm. you know, I have black eyes, I have busted lip, I, my shoulder is dislocated. Nobody is that clumsy and still pregnant. Right. And Nobody thinks anything about it nothing it ended up going all the way up the chain the base commander knew um, it was it's a smaller military area that we were in and so when nobody did anything, there was one last horrific um, evening that put me in ICU and for the last time and <clears throat> I, that's when I screamed and yelled at them when I was able to be up enough out of the hospital. I went by my daughter's side. We went through an emergency C-section. We both coded during, during that. They life-sledded her and I didn't even get to hold her. I mean, nothing. And immediately I was like, let me go. I need to be with my kid. And they're like, you won't make it to the parking lot. There's no way. You are not healthy enough. Um, I had a blood clot from the abuse. They told me that if, I, I couldn't get the um, filter put in because it goes through the groin and I was pregnant. And they said, we can't give you cumin because it's rat poisoning basically and you're mm-hmm. pregnant. So I was getting heparin and lobanox injections. They were trying to give steroids to, you know, to help enhance the lungs. And I told my OB who has made sworn affidavit statements, took pictures herself, called and made a police report herself. They turned him over to the command. I mean, this is a doctor who's a woman who did all this for me. Another doctor in her practice made notes as well and said, you know, she, she came in to help me with the delivery. And I said to her, I said, if something happens and my little girl doesn't make it, you no longer have permission to treat me. You let me die with her. Yeah. And she just lost it. And I said, that's my life. That's not his kid. That will never be his kid. That is mm-hmm. my kid. We're here for a reason. If she doesn't survive, you no longer have treatment permission, let me go. And she was just, and so I wake up and, you know, I literally see this team running her with with an incubator and I'm listening to the helicopter, you know, take off with my daughter. And I am dumbfounded with pain and devastation. And I immediately try to stand up. I haven't stood up in weeks. And they told me you can't, you won't make it out. And so every day i was like whatever i need to do to get out of here i'm doing it and i kept pushing and pushing and pushing and they said i'll be there for weeks and i was like no i won't and i kept going and going and with about a week i was out and so i got there beside her and this went on and on well he i was there with her for three months and i wasn't prepared at that point to get out, you have to have a plan in place to get out. That's why so many women go back so many times is because they don't have support. They right. don't have a plan in place. Where do they go? Yeah. Right. The criticism that we get there is mm. unheard of because yes. it's why did you stay? Why didn't you leave? Why make him so mad? And when I yes. talk to women, I would love to discuss this later. Uh, I give answers to that that squashes it all. Right. I mean, right. just nails that down. So I wasn't prepared to go home yet. I wanted to be stable enough to be able to comfortably walk and not be in a wheelchair. And I literally had no surgery at that point to fix anything because if it wasn't life threatening, I didn't care that my jaw was dislocated. I, you know, pop it back in. If it comes out, it comes out. I need to be with my kid. That's where I have to be. Um, so that's where I was. And I stayed there around the clock. My friends brought my clothes and I I just that was it. That's where I had to be. So they told us that she was doing amazing after we had a bit of trachin because she was coding every single day. And a parent should never have to watch their child code. Oh no,
1: god, no. She went
0: great. She went great. And I said, She's coming home. I'm stubborn. She's coming home. And so they said, you know, she was having seizures and it caused frontal lobe damage and in the brain. And they said, you need to make a decision about traching her, so as hard as that is, not really a second thought to it. Go do it. But when you see your your you know newborn come in with a trait she had her first two surgeries when she was five days old. Wow! And she fit in my hand when I had her. So, um, that was such a challenge. And then what ended up happening? I'm a, I'm really trying to get through this without a water flow.
1: Mm, let it go.
0: <laughs> we <laughs> <clears throat> were told we were ready to go home. And I wasn't because at that point we were going back and so we ended up going back and I hadn't been able to leave and establish a residence at that point. I was in corporate America. I had a great job had everything. We come home, I went on disability and she had, um, a feeding bag and any special needs parent will tell you that insurance is quite stingy with supplies. So I end up, um, Unhooking her feeding bag, and it's a very open concept place that we were in. And she had an apnea belt on her. She had a, a pulse ox probe on her. Um, she had alarms on her everywhere. And I had her in a little swing, and um so and I kept it really high. Like they tell you, you know, for desatting with a trach, you could have the O2 set at like eighty. Well, I kept it at like ninety because she was not going to desat with me. Like mm-hmm. I needed to make sure we stayed on good numbers. So. I went to go clean out her feeding bag for her next round. And just like I'm talking to you, he says, she's blue. And he screamed it like, because I was over there. And I stopped and I turn around and my daughter is blue. And there's no alarms. He turned everything off, he unplugged them. And immediately, I don't even think, I kind of go into like a tunnel vision. I grab the cell phone and I call 911 immediately. And at the same time, I'm starting CPR, which is completely different on the tracheostomy. Right. than a regular person. And next thing I know, I hear, it's like little cl- a little clicking of it. And I look like this and he's got a gun in my head. And he said, like, get off the phone. 911, what's your emergency? And I said, I need you to start me an ambulance, fire, and police. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't get off the phone. I knew if I did, I was dead. I knew yep. And yep. I'm working on her, holding the phone like this. And I was like, I need you to open the door and let them in. And I'm trying everything I can to give them some kind of indication that something is wrong. And this was right. long before the, can I order a pepperoni pizza? Or, you know, which wouldn't have made sense of that call. And I was like, don't just stand over me, get the door. You know, I'm trying to give something so that they could say, ma'am, is there something else? Right.
1: Nothing. nothing. I would have <laughs> said, get that gun out of my face. <laughs> he would
0: have, me. He would have me. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't know, and I didn't yeah. want to take that chance. Yeah. And so, um, I kept working and I said, I, I said I was shaking and I said, Will you stay on the line with me until they get here? And she goes, Yes, absolutely. And so I was talking and I was like, um, I know what I'm doing. My daughter's trait. Cause they're telling me how to perform CPR. And I'm like, right. no, it's not how I do it. Cause she's got a tracheostomy. No, no. You know, yeah. and she's telling me and I'm listening and I've got him right here and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. And she goes, well, why do you need to stay on the line? You know, but I, will stay on the line with you. I, I have to stay on the line with you. And I'm like, just to stay there. And I'm, you know, go open the door and you know, why are you hovering me, but you're not helping. And I'm trying to like drop hints and, mm. It did not work. Everybody comes, when they go, he shoves the gun right by the cushion in the couch. I go with my daughter in the ambulance. And we go to the children's hospital. And hours later, he shows up complaining about having to drive in traffic and yada, yada, yada. And then he whispers to me that he occluded her trache. That he what? Occluded her trache, which means he put his finger over it until she
1: stopped breathing. So he was trying to kill her because probably to a get back at you but also because in his eyes she wasn't the perfect child well
0: one he wanted a boy right girl and two he would complain bitterly that i was devoting all my attention to my daughter and not to him and that was not acceptable behavior
1: i hear this so often yes we hear this so often it's a, a, a huge thing of narcissism um, yes. Aggressive narcissism, so, so you know, almost psychopathic narcissism, um, and it's. You know, although your 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 story is absolutely extreme, it's sad to say it's not the first one that I've had an interview on, where the military has not supported the spouse, and uh, it is or when you know when the spouse has called for help, even for her partner, you know he's either going to kill me or or kill himself. And they completely ignored it until they're dead, um, and it, it's just it's horrific. And it, I've done also the same type of shows on uh, on Catholicism and priests, where mm-hmm. you know people will talk about the priests and molestation and everything else, and it's been ignored. And it seems there's one law for them, one law for everyone else. And this, I'm sorry, violence is violence. I don't care what cloak you're wearing, what uniform you're wearing. It's yeah. a count to a bell. And the mm-hmm. fact that you have the testimony from the doctors, you, you didn't pick yourself up and beat yourself up against the wall, yeah. right? You didn't try and kill your own child. And yet everybody turns the blind eye, no matter what you have said or whatever the proof is. Now, Weren't they scared that this person in his psychopathic ways wouldn't turn on either his own in the military or be, you know, somebody that could be extremely detrimental on the forefront? I mean, or did they just literally go la, 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 la? Yeah,
0: because when all this is going on in the very beginning, I I tried to leave once. And when I did, he shot and killed our puppy to show me what he would do if I left. And so I knew that was my first... Big, big red flag, if you will, that this was going to be fight or flight. Yes. It really was. Yes. And people, Sarah kind of looked at me like, did you really? I, I got such an interrogation yeah. from so many people. And it was, did you give him permission to cheat on you? Yes, I did. Why? If he's out with another woman, he's not home beating me. Right. Oh. Yeah. And I said, and when he's in that phase where he's in
1: that courting phase he he's so charming and charismatic and but that's narcissism for you they are really you are the only thing the light of my life you know and they make you feel like the stars themselves yeah and then they throw
0: you into mock one to hurry up and get settled in with them so they can you know put you in isolation yes so when all this happened and he he comes up he whispers in my ear that he included a tree and i was like what what and so, I immediately called his command, they came up, I said, um, he just confessed, and they said, okay. And I was like, what do you mean, okay, so I said, that's it, that's it. I ended up calling the civilian sector and law enforcement, I got an amazing detective who had been abused herself, um, who got into this line of work for that reason. And she went and arrested him on nine dead-to-right felonies. Like, dead-to-rights we had him. Um, I had pictures that nobody could question. Um, he strangled me, so the bone in my throat's been just destroyed. And we had pictures of all of it. Mm. And so the military... Now, here's one for you. It really to really contemplate for me. The, the military says to me, you strangled yourself. <laughs> And, and I said, you know, you oh really dissect that for a minute. Are you, are you real? And, and I said, you know, your requirement as, a, as an active military is to protect the citizens yes. of the United States. Yes. And why aren't you on your own soil? Right. And that's why I, I made sure to, to say I don't blame the entire military front. Like, you no, know, I know no, it's not you all can't. It.
1: You can't blame the whole conglomerate for a few bad apples. Right. So everything we have
0: is, I mean, in, in my book and everything is 1000% factual. We have proof of absolutely everything. The only thing that's been altered are names and geographics for production. That's it. Yeah. So in these pictures there, you can see clear as day that there's two hands I'm paralyzed on my left hand. So I can't bring it up. So I apologize. There's two hands right here, but they're the thumbs. And then you can see the fingerprints here. And I'm like, let's look at that picture for a minute since And I'm like, tell me how. Yes. How can I do that? Yeah. Then we ended up getting the local police in and they had, and I asked you, forgive me, I forgot which part of them did it. Somebody came in, the detective brought somebody in that took the photograph and and measured the thumb length and like did all sorts of really cool, like CSI kind of, you know, whatever stuff and said, this is a male. Mm -hmm. Look, she has tiny hands this is not her you know obviously it coincides with this medical record you know obviously she was strangled and he wrote that and it was like why would I strangle my like yeah you know this is very oh
1: yeah but people commonly commit suicide by strangling themselves really come on I mean the fact that they even said that you know and, and, and with a straight face
0: Yeah. So they end up getting up for nine felonies. We go to the hearing and I'm in there, which is horrifying because I'm not with my kid. Mm -hmm. And they state he has a Jag lawyer and the uh, judge said, who opened up the investigation? And the detective said, I did. And they said, "Um, well, who took out the warrants? And the detective said, Myself and the wife took them out and it was released on a technicality because my understanding and I would never ever studied military law was that the MPs investigate, they go and coincide with CID. CID had been interrogating me. Who watched him break your nose? Who watches their surroundings when they're right. getting busted up? Right. I wasn't watching who was around. I was trying to protect my unborn child. Yes. So um, they end up uh, saying MPs are supposed to talk with CID. CID then reaches out to the local civilian sector of police. They do an investigation together and decide what warrants to take at that point.
1: So they let him free knowing what he did yeah. and what he could still do. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, I where you're talking about a community of contagious smiles and everybody being there for one another, when you look at a group of people who know their actions are wrong, Mm -hmm. know that their actions are beyond wrong, that they are dangerous, and yet you still stand up for it. This This is something that really has to be completely laid out in the open and totally re-evaluated because we cannot have people hiding behind uh uniforms like we cannot have politicians hiding behind you know the the, the tv show scandal although yeah. it, it felt scandalous it was always based on an element of truth uh we cannot accountability accountability Every single one of us is accountable for our actions in life, right? Now, we need to understand where those come from. When people do silly things or retaliate or something like that, it's coming from a place of pain. But his, whatever pain he was in, whatever um, deficiencies and insecurities he had, right. he had to own his actions against you and his child. And that was purely psychopathic. Yes. Yes. And yet, they look at this person, and instead of standing up for you, the civilian that they're meant to be looking after, they back him, and he's still out there. Yes. You see, he's still in the military?
0: No. He has been released from the military, but he gets benefits the rest of his life, and I got nothing.
1: <sighs> God. Oh, my God. Double standard. As I said, I've done stories, you know, uh, on abuse and on neglect from you know, the police force and from the military and from, you know, the church and, and it's all completely wrong. But the fact that you had so much material that it, it went to court and yet on a simple technicality of not putting humanity first, not Mm -hmm. putting a person's life first. Now, did you have to move and go somewhere else altogether? How, Or did you put a restraining order against him? How did you manage him not coming near you again after that? Because I would have thought he would want to retaliate.
0: The domestic violence advocate that I had was amazing. And she told me that he was that 1% that would have come back and kill me. And before I married this man, I had been with the love of my life for four years. And that was my soulmate. We broke up. The only time ever in my life I rebound, it's with him. So I go to, yeah, I go to the restraining order. My, my soulmate was my call for help. I called him. Um, I went to do the restraining order and he went with me. And you have never, never met two people who hated each other as much as those two. Right. I mean, it was you know he had met him before we got married and he was like look you got the greatest person I screwed up
1: Mm.
0: you know I'm you know I was like and I knew he wasn't the one but I kept feeling like something amazing was going to come out of it and when I left I mean I didn't even live with him until we were married Mm -hmm. so you know I was trying to do everything but I didn't do it right but so I go to the sorry I skipped that so I go to I get the restraining order and I'm sitting there in the courtroom and I look over and and my ex was an officer and he was in uniform and I said to him he's here and he's like no he's not and I said he is and then he opens the court doors and there he is and our advocate says a woman who's been through this kind of tragedy feels her attacker like you can sense his presence. And he was like, Oh my, really? He's yeah. like, yeah. You know, she knows. Yeah.
1: He's, 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 it's those negative vibrations that precede them. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And he
0: walked in with his new girlfriend. What? Yeah. He did. He walked in with his new girlfriend and his uh, command came with him as character witness. And I was given the restraining order. Um, I did not have a doctor there. So he told them that my daughter was dying and so they granted him visitation as long as there was an officer there. And it had to be during certain periods of time. It was for one week. And I was like, she's not dying. Like she, she's doing so much better. And they were like, ma'am, we understand that you're not a doctor. And, and I'm like, do you realize what you're doing? And he's yes. like, if she, if he's there one minute after he's supposed to be, he goes to jail. Like, you know, and, and this is how it's going to be. And I'm like, how can you make him go to jail? But they can't make him go to jail. Yes. Like, and I'm like, I'm going to get held in contempt. Like, yes. I'm just like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go to court. I mean, I gotta go to the hospital, I gotta go. And so um, he came up and the first thing he did was try to bring his girlfriend in the room, which absolutely didn't happen, was not going to happen. And then he was like, he just kind of looks over at me and I stood up and the officer goes, don't do it. And I said, let's go. And he goes, what are you doing? And I said, you're not here for her. You're here for me. And I said, let's go. I, I said, here's the thing. We're going to stay in the hallways. We're not going in the stairwell, not going into a room with the door shut. Mm-hmm. I'll Stay where everybody can see me. But I'll stay with you during this time. Because if you're with me, you're not with her. Right. And because when she did see him in a medical record show, she became very tachycardic. She recognized his voice from you yes. know, all the beatings and, yes. the, abuse and the screaming and violent. hmm And I didn't, she didn't need that right now. And so we literally went out into like the main half of the hospital and stuff. And I stayed like that. And he was just, you need to come home. And I was like, and where's your girlfriend going to go? You know, and I was the person that held their head down and jumped at every noise. Mm. But I needed him to see that I had some strength. Yes. And that I was the tigering mom. Yeah. And so the last day of that visitation came about and he, I was like, yep, gotta go see you you know, get out.
1: He's like, you're not going to let me stay.
0: No, I'm not. And he bowed up at me. And I was like, go ahead and do it. And I was like, go ahead. I was like, first of all, if you hit me, it's just one more, whatever, but we already have a restraining order. You're already past the time you're supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. I will not hit you first. One of the main things they teach you in martial arts is that you De-escalate the situation. Yes. You you defend yourself and you get away. Exactly. Sarah, he would wake me up in the middle of the night, beating me in the face to get him water. He would straddle me and beat me in the face to get him some water. I knew that that was not something I could de-escalate at that point. Right. So when he bowed up at me in the hospital, I said, she's fine. It's you and me. I'm not going to hit you first. And I put my hands behind my back and I said, not going to do it you have to go. And he bowed up like he was ready to go and hit me. And I mean, he started to do it. And I was like, understand, this will be when I hit back this time. And before anything happened, the nurses had called security. Everybody was up on the floor. I never backed down. Now, back then, I'll be honest. I felt like I was going to throw up. It was, yes. Disturbing. My yes. heart was down. I was petrified. I mean, could I have withstood another hit from him? Yes. But I was like, I couldn't let him see that I was shaking. Right. So he ends up leaving. We end up going back and getting the, we went from the restraining to the temporary protective order, which is one is like a week. One is 30 days. So we end up getting the 30 day order. And then I went after the rights to get them terminated. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I wanted the rights terminated and it's very hard to do here to get the rights terminated. And we got them. Um, We ended up, having a male guardian at light we had a whole male judge panel and I'm like, right. it, it's not going to go well. The You know, judge was post military. And I'm like, yeah. okay. but we got it, I, you know? And so I've always told her he's just the bad man who hurt mommy. And that's all she knows. That's right. It. She doesn't need to know
1: those things. It's well, she will dad. do one day when she's 16 now. Yes.
0: But she's mentally much younger.
1: Right. Because of the seizures and coding.
0: Um, she, you know, she has seen plenty of my scars. I do still cover from wrist to ankle as much as I hate it because I, mm-hmm. I do still hide from them. But you think about hundred surgeries plus all the scars that he did, I'm I'm pretty, you know, I
1: don't I d- I just still find it absolutely mind blowing that he got away with it all. Now, yes. have any laws changed that you can bring about charges against him now? No. So the military is still out there protecting him. So what is he doing now? And where um, is I
0: used to watch like a hawk. Um, mm. I do want to tell you, this is something I, I stressed the women I talked to. When I went after the permanent restraining order that my daughter and I have, uh, I told the judge, I said, your honor, I would like to put something on the record. And he said, sure. And I said, I want it on the record. I will never go after him. I will not seek his place of employment. I will not go to his residence. I will not go look for him like I will periodically want to know what he looks like because he's changed his appearance every time he comes to court. and I want to know who I'm looking for. But other than that, I will not seek him out. But if he violates that order, mm-hmm. I have the right one to stop the threat two to protect myself and my daughter. I will never hit him first. Mm-hmm. I won't do it. And I said, I will not give up the life that I have been given that I shouldn't be here for, right? For him, right? Because he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. And so the judge looked at him and said, This is a civilian court. This is a civil matter. It's not criminal. So when I ask you this, I can't charge you. How many times do you think you hit her? And he said, If I hit her once, it was probably 200 times.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And he goes, Do you understand? the concept of an alcoholic, like they drink so much, but if they want to get drunk, they have to drink more than they're used to. And he goes, so you trained her to take your hand. yeah I've never heard that before. right? And he said, you, you've been, you've trained her. And he goes, what would you do? What, what would you do if she cried? And he goes, I'd hit her again. Yeah. And I'd hit her again until she stopped and showed no emotion. And he goes, you have trained her yes, to take your hand. And he goes, do you understand that she is saying a court record that could always come back up and always come back against her, that she has no desire, no will, and I believe her, she's never going to come after you. You will never see this woman unless you violate something. And if you violate it, you just let this one out of the cage. You're right. And yeah. he goes, now I'm going to grant the, tea, the, the permanent order for you and your daughter. And I said, your honor, my daughter, not his, he, it was never his daughter. she's always been my daughter. I want her name changed to my maiden name. It was never his daughter. And I looked at him. I said, that's my daughter. Understand that right now, my kid. And he kind of just snarled up at me and, and he said, I want you to take a moment and let this be the first step in your healing process. Because what, he got from what I just said to him is if he's dumb enough to come back and violate this order, then you basically have free will.
1: Basically saying you can take him out and you'll be in the right. Basically.
0: And so, you know, I was like, I just want to be able to live my life with my kids. That's it. And so there you go.
1: And so he hasn't attempted to try and do anything since then no um
0: he i I check on him maybe once a year and i don't like hire pi or whatever right just so i know where he is what he looks like uh i was given some fascinating news i might be off one or two numbers but my understanding is his on wife number 10 9 9 10 something like that um his first wife is no longer alive uh i thought i was the first
1: wife wasn't Um, oh my god the plot really does thicken doesn't it
0: the scars that were on him that he told me were from overseas weren't from overseas it was from his second wife protecting and trying to
1: save her own life when he attacked her and so hey with all of this history why isn't this guy behind bloody jail he's no longer in the military he's a civilian Mm -hmm. i don't understand
0: i don't either I don't either. They stick together. They stick together. Like it's. I know that he has moved very frequently, like from one extreme place to another. You know. Do I know if there's anybody who has a warrant on him? I don't. I don't search it. I'm not looking. I have. I have to lead by example. Sarah, it's very important that I do that. And I told my daughter, I said, we have one heart, and in that heart, there's room for just so much. And in that, you can either carry all the love in the world or hatred. And if you carry hatred, it's going to make you no know better than him. So why? Why do right. it? We've right. been through so much that we should cherish every single day and live our life and help others and not do a second look because she used to be petrified that he was going to come get her. And, you know, I've had her able to talk with a therapist since she was three, just so she'd always have someone to talk to. Why am I different? Why do mm-hmm. I have to be this? So she's always had somebody. But she can light up a room when you walk in. Like mm. she just has the best heart. And everywhere we go, she opens the door, you know, she holds it open. You know, she loves to help other people. It's you know when she sees like a grandma, grandpa, aged people, she's like, here you go, have a nice day. And they're like, Your mom or dad raised you right. Yes, ma'am, thank you, sir.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah.
0: And it just warms me. Yeah. And it's like she doesn't need to know any of these things.
1: You know, it's no. And the thing is, um, you know, if you're under the the genre here choose positive living despite what has happened to you and you would have every right to be bitter and twisted or you know and so many have gone that way but you chose courage you chose strength you chose love Mm -hmm. and you'd already been through your hell and you weren't going to give him any more of your life to him and that is a courage that's beyond courage if there were medals for that you'd be weighed down in medals, my darling. You really You're would. are all inside me.
0: Exactly. <laughs> You're a bionic woman. You really are. <laughs> I am. I, I, I tell my daughter
1: that I look like the bionic woman. You know? I mean... <laughs> I have I, a superpower. And that's the capacity to love. And I, I, believe me, my God, that is... I'm, I'm sorry. That is beyond any medal that's ever been handled out. You can hand medals out for courage for taking someone out or for doing this, for doing that, but just to, to choose after what you've been through, to step into love, to step into light, to step into bringing joy and peace to other people. There needs to be a medal for that and you need to get it. Thank you. But you know, I tell
0: my daughter that laughter is the best medicine. It like is. Other is called practicing medicine. Yes. Um, you know, I've had the best, i have been very blessed with the best um, doctors I've had one bad doctor, but the rest of them were fabulous. And uh, I always kid around with them. And I'm like, like, I just got more pins and screws in my hand. And I have a plate and I have pins and screws. And I was like, oh, okay, let's add to the toolbox. And, you know, <laughs> and he comes in. And, and my thing is, is the, the team, I always want to make them laugh before I go under. I never take for set before I go back. I've never taken a single pain med ever after any surgery. How, come, I How come? How I've come?
1: How come? I mean, care. you're in I, pain. I, I, Yes, but I have to be able to take care of my kid. I know, but you can also take care of yourself, my darling. I think of it as pain, as anger,
0: is leaving the body. It's just let it go. I can't. Yeah, but
1: it also is you know literally a physical ailment that just needs the nerve endings calming down, while they settle down. And it's okay to take that pain medicine. It's okay to get help for yourself. It's okay for somebody else to look after your daughter where you look after you.
0: I didn't have it for fourteen years.
1: I know, but you can have it now. Yes.
0: But for instance, like my daughter can just pass out. She'll just faint. And if she does, I have to be ready to go. Yes. But somebody else can be there now, but for all that time, it, it wasn't. So I didn't have that option. And my reason for everything was her. I mean, I looked at her when I was with her, when she was in the NICU and the TICU and the PICU. And I was that battered wife, that one who said, I'm never going to be that person. I was. Mm-hmm. And I, I jumped every time the door would open and I'd look yes. around, you know, and it, you know, you could not touch me. Do not come near me. I would cower over yes. it, You know, and nobody could get me to look them in the eye. It didn't matter. Um, but I looked at her and I was like, she doesn't deserve that parent. Yeah you know I said she's laying here fighting for her life
1: mm-hmm.
0: in a medically induced coma because of the tracheostomy placement and I am sitting here wallowing in this no absolutely not I cannot give her this and I can't give him this
1: right you know? well your, so your, your, your biggest triumph over him if, you know the fact that he's not in jail but the fact is that you two have gone on to your life and chosen to be happy Yes. Chosen not to to continue to be the victim. It doesn't matter if you keep having operations, which is just you basically just look at your car being tuned up or your car being you know treated, the vehicle being treated to can maintain the heart and the spirit, right? But the the fact that you are there and you've never given him any more time of day, right? Right. I just I mean, need a double
0: D forty, you know. I need to be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it is and I you know I tell women all the time and I'm like my daughter gets so frustrated with me when I'm like I can turn anything into a laugh like you have to be able to yeah. you know when I hear the doctor say you need another surgery you gotta bear with me for a minute I go like this and I take I I have hearing aids and I'm deaf now because of him. Right. He ruptured both of my eardrums so badly I can't hear. So I have a hundred percent in one ear and eighty percent in the other. So I take them out and the doctor's like, are you serious? <laughs> and, and I'm like, "Man, I hear you. Can you sign? You know, and, and it's just great. And I was like, that worked great with your grandma. I never had to listen to her, but you know, you can always turn it into a positive. And, and if you don't mind, I would love to, to help survivors with some of those questions that yes, really hinder their, their way of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a group of family members and survivors together. And I said, you all are here because you've taken that first step. And Mm -hmm. instead of having the bricks that have been thrown at you and you're not building a wall, you're using them as stepping stones to create your journey. And I love it. And I said, you're so much stronger than, you know, Mm -hmm. and I said, I was stabbed a dozen times. And when you, look at my stabbing scars, I look at them as signs of strength of how many times he tried and he failed. Right. And one of them is horrific. It goes from my wrist, up my arm, up my up arm and down my back. And instead, I never had any tattoos prior to, and instead I had a gorgeous tattoo painted of the tree of life over the part of the stabbing scar, the worst of it, so that my daughter and I planted new roots. Yes. And started over because I don't want to see all these things from him on me. No, I don't. So that is what I was, I was doing. And I said, you know, when we are told we deserve it because we chose to stay, let's say for instance, you know, and I had a lady raise her hand and she goes, well, my daughter stayed with him. So she deserved it. And I said, ma'am, I hate that you say that about your own daughter who's sitting right beside you, but I can relate because I was told the same thing by my family. So let me start out by saying that's absolutely not true. And we guarantee as survivors, because we all are, that we already feel like we're nothing. Mm -hmm. When you hear every single day, you're ugly, you're unattractive, nobody's ever going to want you, you begin to believe it. So we already feel like our self-worth is down to the ground zero. We've got nothing. When our own family, who's supposed to be our support, who's supposed to be the ones that are there for us, who are supposed to love us unconditionally are literally and metaphorically throwing us down while we're already down. Right. Instead of hindering us, support us. Yes. Give us your hand. Tell us we're going to be okay. Give us your ear and just let us talk. And if we're not ready to talk, just sit with us and let us see we're not alone because we feel so isolated. We do feel like we're alone. And I say to them, whether it's one hit, one kick, one punch, it's one too many. I don't and I care. Do. Yeah. And I understand that some people say, well, you know, you shouldn't have made him mad. No, you could do everything by the book that monster wants and somebody else will cut him off on the way home. Somebody will cut him yes. off on the phone. Somebody, you know, he might kill off his video game character, whatever it is, something else is going to take him off and he's going
1: to take it out
0: on us. Right. Who else is he? It.
1: He, he right. wouldn't have taken it out on his on his peers. Right. Because they definitely would fight back. Right. right? But, uh, and he doesn't want to show that kind of face. Right. The cowards. So, I
0: tell people, I said, you know, you always say to us, why did not you just do what he wanted? Why did you have to make him mad? You know, why did you have to do this? And he says to us, if you'd only done what I said, this wouldn't have happened. Right. If you only did, you know, whatever yes. this would have happened. It, that's not it we can no. be perfectly behaved and well-mannered even though we are not beneath him by any means and he's still going to take out his aggression on us it doesn't matter he's no it's be- not
1: you it is them right but Absolutely. to a narcissist it's never them it's always you right you looked at me the wrong way you know you, you, your hair's the wrong color this or that etc it doesn't matter it, they cannot, they're incapable of taking any onus of their action. And it is always somebody else's fault.
0: Never can take responsibility. Absolutely. No, right. Right.
1: no never. And
0: then when a woman says, well, you keep going back. Yes, because we don't have the family support. We don't right. have the shelter. We don't have the means. Yes. Most times they try to financially say, you know, gate guard us. Yeah. We don't have a executed in place escape plan. So we do have to keep going back because we don't have it. So either just sit with us in silence, offer us shelter, offer us guidance. There's so many on, on contagious If you go under the way that I've done the website, when you first get on it, it looks as if it's for special needs. I've done that on purpose. So when you go and you start looking, you scroll down and more and more. So if God forbid your attacker or abuser comes in, scroll up really quick. And it looks like you're looking at children. Yeah. Um, That's why I did the sites together. There is a moving company in every single state of the United States that will move them for free. Right. Every one of them listed. I have every coalition for every state listed. Um, I teach classes and you're not going to get somebody. I mean, do I have a Ph.D. in psychology, psychiatry or any of the above? No,
1: oh, no okay. honey, After you've got, of you've got God, more of the, Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sorry. The life experience of what you've been through surpasses any piece of paper.
0: And one of the things I love from the doctors is they say, you know, to be a resident, depending on specialty, it's, you know, eight years plus four more or whatever. He's like, you got 16 of 24 yes. hours a day. You're exactly. a resident, you know, whatever. Yes. Yeah, and, it, and it's not, it, but I, we have classes on how to get back in life skill, how, you know, to get yourself back and bring back that, that inner light. And it's not just that we have social groups, we have support groups, and those are free. And it's you come in and sit and you're amongst other people, you're never going to get some, you know, 18 year old girl, who has no idea what you're talking about or going through. Most of the time, you're going to get me. And mm-hmm. I'm going to sit and talk to you and, and I will give you as much time as you need. And I'll talk to you and I'll help. And if I can try and call shelters for you. I will. Yes. So it's, yeah. it's so important. And what a lot of people, you know, don't realize I'm doing this on my own money. Like I, I set the site and I'm doing all the pro bono. Um, you know, I tell people they need to think about things like doing a medical POA. So if they're married and that, that's the abuser puts them in the hospital, can't make decisions for them let a family member or a best friend do it there are so many things that can be done that most people don't consider and think about and that's what we do and then there are classes that i teach for special needs and domestic violence as well as other people who are teaching we're not making a dime on it we are literally putting the cost of what it cost us and that's it and i know that's starting to cause an issue because we're doing no it's
1: time that you you did patron or you did a different fundraisers because the work you're doing is is something that quite honestly you know um government should have in place um, but there's so much red tape and bureaucracy with that uh, that you know they always get there too late yeah. um so you need somebody like you that there and you should be supported so i'm going to create um I have a support page of people that we support and I want to put your organization up there Thank you. and I want you to start a funding of people who can support you for the work that you do, because it's imperative that people do support the work that you do. I don't um, even know how to do that. <laughs> uh, we, we're going to look into it together, my love, because. Thank you. Yeah. I can save
0: you with you code or if you need a trait change or a feeding tube change, but I don't know how to do this.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, and you know what? Sometimes it's just simple setting up um, a PayPal. The fact that you are, are you registered? Five hundred one C three. We're in,
0: yeah. the we okay. in the process. Okay, that makes it money ev- to do it. I know and,
1: it does, and so what we can raise, you know, GoFundMe to actually afford you to do that, and and then. Once that is up, then it becomes a legitimate uh, donation and funding to your organization. And I'm going to do whatever I can to point people that way and get you supported on that. Because, um, you know, you you shouldn't be alone in this, most certainly. You know, it's time that you shared the burden. And you can only do that with the support of others.
0: Thank you. And I have to, you know, I tell people, I never thought I would ever be in a relationship again. Everything is so hard and challenging and you get so concerned um about can he ever touch me can he hug me yeah. and i'm not talking intimate like sexual yeah. way i'm talking about just hold your hand without you feeling like i'm trapped like he's yeah, holding me against my will again yes and you can um mm. i'm so happy to say that i married my soulmate from mm. back in before the day, good and he's adopted my daughter mm. which i love 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 and he was a canine officer and you know the wait time here for a, a golden retriever service dog is five years. And for a kid, Gosh. that's horrible to have yes. to wait that long. Yes. So my husband who was a canine handler for so long, um, I would love to get pictures and show you. We had built um, canine kennels all in our whole, we had a huge backyard and we put them up. We pay for the wood. We've done the work ourselves. We've taken pictures of the whole thing in the process. And we are breeding golden retrievers and we are going to help, special needs kids and women, because they're great dogs yes. they are so effective. Yes. Yes. They're not violent unless you come after your master, right. but they're great emotional support dogs. Absolutely. And they go from like three to $5,000 a piece without training. Yes. And we are literally giving the dogs, the puppies at the very penny cost that it takes us to, to do it. And right. I, I do this 20 hours a day. My husband's like, can I like book, a time with my wife. Can I do a booking yes. with, <laughs> with you? And I'm like, I'm trying, babe. I, it's just, I'm like, if I could help him more tonight, you know? And he's like, I love your heart, you know? But, yeah. But, you know, I agree
1: agree with him. You need more help. You need volunteers, folks. If you're listening, where are you exactly? Which area? If the people can reach out to you by email on that so that that you can discuss that privately. Uh, But I want people to physically get out their support and give you time, not only for yourself, for your daughter, but for your husband as well. Right. Because nobody can give you time back. That's true. But
0: nice. he's involved in it with me. She's involved. She does the uh, special needs classes and for support groups. Um, her, her friends are special needs and they all do it. And I know you talked about Scandal. If you look at our YouTube page, I love it because we have reached so many people there. It's beautiful. The uh, Bellamy Young from Scandal, the mm-hmm. first lady, she mm-hmm. did a video for my daughter um, it's on YouTube. I love the blacklist. I've always yes. loved the yes. Raymond Reddington concept. Yeah. Yes, I um, yes. Because he's he doesn't hurt anybody who doesn't deserve it. Right. Um, but Amir, Aram, you know, his real name. Well, he plays a Aram, but it's Amir. Yes. He did a seven-minute video for my daughter before her oh. 34th surgery.
1: Yeah, you know, his heart comes across in the show anyway, right? You know? Well, if you watch the video yeah.
0: of him for what he did for her, he was like, I was asked by Mr. Reddington to find you, and you don't <laughs> sound like a blacklister. And then he's so animated. <laughs> when I saw this video, he was like, oh no, she's let out a contagion. What is it? It's a contagious
1: smile. Oh, I love it, I love it. You have
0: to watch the video, it's so great. And then oh. he's like, I hear you have a surgery coming up. And he has that serious face. Mm. And then he goes, I think it's number 34. And he goes, ain't no thing but a chicken wing. you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, and I hear you like a rom. And he goes, you like the blacklist? You're a little young to like the blacklist, but you're mature. So, you know. And I mean, he was just... So amazing. Gary LaVox from the lead singer of uh, The Rascal Flats sent yes. her a message um, talking about what an inspiration she is. And I'm like, look at this. And she was just like, I just want to help others. That's all I want to do. She's on radio, she's on television, she's on everything. And all she wants to do is pay it forward. She doesn't want anything for herself. She just no. wants help.
1: Yeah. We don't know why things happen to us. Um, mm-hmm. But I say it's because it's happening for us. You had to go through horrific, horrific journey. But look where it's taken you. Look at what it's doing, the impact that it's having, and look how it's paving the way for other people who have been silent in this, who have been isolated yes. in this. Um, I was watching Trevor Noah the other night, and he was talking about the Kanye West Kardashian and Pete, uh, you know, triangle. And, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the name, can I, see? I forget, uh, Nicole, yeah. Kim, sorry, Kim, yes, Kim. Not fan, sorry. Right. Um, but saying, we're divorced, leave me alone. And him, uh, you know, Kanye in his new video, decapitating Pete. And, in a, and he, he was saying, I don't care if you like him or not. If you think, well, she's just a media mogul and everything is about camera on her and everything. I don't care who you are, how powerful you are, how rich Absolutely. you are, how anything else you are. Violence is violence and Absolutely. and uh, uh, suppression is suppression. And Kanye is already known for mental instability. And with the way he's going about, we don't know. We don't know if he's going to go that step further. And they said, even though she's rich and famous, that doesn't mean she shouldn't be protected. And of course, Trevor knows this, a brilliant book to read, by the way, Born uh, Born a Crime, Trevor Noah, highly recommend it. Um, You know, his mother was in an abusive marriage and nobody would protect her. And eventually she was shot in the head. She lived, she lived, Right. But it, nobody would protect her. So, of course, this I is a very sensitive, sensitive subject for him because he's seen it go through. And he said, why do we wait? Why do we wait until it's done? Why don't we pay attention to the signs and prevent it? And yeah, that comes I mean, on us as a society, right? Absolutely, and
0: and I agree hundred percent. I'm not a, a Kardashian fan at all, but she absolutely deserves to be protected. And yes, they're not together anymore, and you know, and I, what he did was wrong. Yes, you know, but, and it's sad that it's because they're famous that they get to get out in the light about it. But what about everybody who's not?
1: Exactly, they're
0: not out in the light about it. And you know, my thing, I if I could do anything, it would really be. You know, I want these beautiful people to feel like they matter because yes, we as the is before are the victims. We're the ones that are interrogated. We're the ones put through the ringer. They're not the, the, the attackers. Yeah. The abusers they are not. They don't yeah. go through the ringer like we do.
1: I, I mean, know it's, it's like a rape victim. How can you prove you were raped? You know, were you filming it? you know and it's always you know the man said yeah there are the cases where it's false rape and the guy goes to jail because he couldn't prove but it is majority 90 something percent of the time the other way and you know so many women do not come to the forefront do not stand up because they know the ridicule they're going to get through the interrogation they're going to get through is worse than the act
0: well if you think about one in three women go through some sort of domestic violence. And if that's the number reported, what's the real number? Exactly. Who's not you know, yeah. and, and here's, and I'm going to share a little tidbit that you haven't shared with anybody else, nobody. Um, what's even worse, you know, I don't know if you got to look at my book at, at, or not yet on Amazon. One of the things that I, I've never disclosed is that he admitted everything he did not only do we have the evidence, we have the physical evidence, we have the pictures and the um, medical records, and we had witness statements. I, the, the person that was there when he shot and killed the puppy wrote a sworn affidavit. We have all of that. I have 17 and a half hours of audio
1: confessions. And still he walks and, free. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, something's wrong with our society, folks. Uh, military, military. Uh, police force, uh, churches, government, I don't care who the shit you are, start standing up for the people you are hired to protect. Yeah, I say No anymore. uniform, no position, no, none of that. Want. No, I'm sorry. A crime is a crime.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
1: person should be held accountable for that crime and not brushed under some sort of little rug That is convenient when you know, I mean, he's obviously killed before. Yes. And yet you still allow him to be out there. He's confessed all the material is there and you allow a little technicality. Shame on you.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, I've had someone ask me when I interviewed not long ago, what would you do if he found out and saw all these? Nothing. Nothing, because he doesn't deserve a second dollar. You know, that's fine. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I would hope he saw the part where I said that I married my soulmate, the guy he hated with a capability. Yes. And we're married um, because they hated each other. And uh, nothing. We're thriving and he's not. And he has, you know what I say at the end of the day, the girls, at the end of the day, they have to look in the mirror and they're still them. And you're stronger than them because you're here and you survived. And they came after you because they thought you were strong enough to take it.
1: That is the point. And the other thing is, it doesn't matter what you say, what you do, what anything else, they'll look in the mirror and still think they're in the right.
0: Right. I have a little sign that I take with me when I, when I speak. And I said to somebody, I said, I hope nobody in here ever gets a brain tumor. I truly do. But let me ask the moms or the, the people in here that, that are not supportive of their family that are going through it. If you get a brain tumor, God forbid, are you going to go to a neurologist or are you going to go to a podiatrist? Right. And they're like, what? And I was like, until God forbid, you have to walk a step in our shoes and yes, on our definitely. journey, don't tell us how to tie our laces. Yes. A is not going to know how to treat a brain tumor. Mm. And someone who has never been in our shoes yes. is going to know how to help us other than give us an ear, give us a hand, give us your time, give us the opportunity to shelter us and get us out of that, that place, support us. Don't belittle us. Stand up for you. Right.
1: Because I stand up you, with also, you.
0: Right. I guarantee you most, if not all of us would stand up for them.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You've been for the physical with all that evidence yet still he walks free. Yep. There are so many women who go through what I call the brow beating. I had a brow beating relationship uh, put you down, put you down, put you down, put you down, put you down until you're a mulch. Mm-hmm. And then you are nothing. And then they point out how nothing you are. And then it's like, well, where would I go? Or you we have children, you don't feel you can go anywhere. The money strings, the whole that as well. Um, nothing you ever do is right. And um, they will throw things that you gave to them in trust. Yes, Things that you said to them in trust and they'll throw it back at you. And just to make you feel even worse because by keeping you worse. And, you know, I remember the words of my ex when I was asking for a divorce and I had actually gone for a woman who had removed some past lives because I'm a very spiritual person. And it gave me back some power for myself, Mm -hmm. right? And he said, that bloody pendulum woman, she took the control I had over you away from me. And I said, and there, what sums it up. Our marriage was not about love. It wasn't about that you cared for me. It was about the control you had over me. Shame on me for giving you that control, but I'm taking it back. Good
0: for
1: you. But it took a long time to get there. And I understand what you say. You've got the physical scars. You've got the emotional scars. I don't have the physical, except for I actually developed an illness because of it. That's still with me. But it is um, as much as I feed the positivity, the contagious smile and the work that I do you know, with people like yourself, sharing your courageousness and your persistence and your beautiful divine soul. It is, there's is still scars and there always will be. Right. And you, and people who don't understand. And of course he did never hit me and everybody thought it was a perfect marriage. So who do you tell? Right. Who do you share it with? Right. Because they're gregarious, they're this, they're that, and they don't show that side to anyone else. And they look at you and go, well, what's wrong with you? Or what did you do wrong? Or I don't believe you, right? They make us out to be the liars. Yes, exactly. And you know what? The one thing we have is our word. And that is nothing if somebody chooses to believe one side because of the face value rather than asking the question, I don't see them, but please do share with me. Right. right, right. Then that's the thing. If we stop looking at the outside of our lives and start looking and willing to look at the inside of a person, and really care about them, and really want to know, a lot of people don't want to know because they don't know what to do. Right. And as you said, sometimes just simply listening. I have a very best friend. I adore this woman to death. She's been by my side. Fires. Broken bones, this, that, etc. She's being there. But she actually thought our marriage was perfect and didn't understand we broke up, even though I told her it wasn't. And that is because people see you as your strength, like they see you in your strength. They see you in your choice of light. Mm-hmm. They see you in your your triumph of I'm living a vibrant life despite of, right? And so mm-hmm. they cannot believe that any of that other existed, because why would you be so vibrant and happy if that had happened to you? And it's because you chose to. That's
0: right. And I just want to take a second and say thank you for what you do, because I don't think you get it told enough because you're helping so many as well.
1: This is one of the reasons I do what I do. It's 10 years this year that I've been um, podcasting, and I I will honestly say that the stories that I've heard, I, I just, I wouldn't have blamed you if you'd given up. Wouldn't have blamed you at all. I wanted to. Right. And I understand that. I truly understand that. And it, But you didn't. And, you know, I want your burden to be shared. I want people to step up by your side and help you in this cause because y- you shouldn't be alone. And let's face it, you're not going to be around forever. And you want to leave this as a concern that continues on. Uh, so we want to get you shared out there we want for people to step up because one of the things that I'm a huge advocate of is community people coming together people Mm -hmm. stepping up together but I'm very emphasized on be your own instrument learn what it is your instrument is triumph it's triumph over adversity it's triumph over the pain it's triumph and love of of feeding and planting the seeds of what you want to sow, not what has happened to you. And when we know what our instrument is, we can learn how to play it, but then we're meant to bring it to an orchestra where we can play it in harmony. You're missing your orchestra. You've got the listeners to what you're playing. I want you to have an orchestra of support.
0: Thank you. It's just like you, I hear women all the time say, it's impossible for me to survive. It's impossible for me to drive back into it. And I said, I want you to look at the word impossible and I'll write it down behind me and I'll say, let's just add the cutest little hug curve. And guess what? It says, I am possible.
1: Precisely. It's everything. Just,
0: it, it's just changing one tiny little thing like that one brick that you use to step to come here. It's right there. Nothing's impossible.
1: <coughs> when I did coaching, which it's in now and again, but mostly this is my full time I would have people write down in two columns everything that is the negative in your life, right? Everything that makes you miserable. And now, everything that you're grateful for. And then mm-hmm. take a good look at each one of those columns and decide which one you're going to feed. I love that. Because what you feed is what grows. And mm-hmm. you decided to feed possibilities, love, triumph, advocacy i also speak about activism that's a lot of talk actionism is doing something about it and you are in actionism right but i want want the chorus in there with you i want the battlefield with you i don't want you to be doing this on on your own anymore even with your husband by your side no you need you need a, a whole team there a contagious smile is contagious um it does spark a smile in people even reluctantly i'm not going to smile i'm not going to smile and yet they do right and it's like it just um there was somebody that did something on a on a youtube he went in there and he's looking at something and he starts laughing and now people are laughing at him laughing
0: yeah
1: right so it's the same with a smile greet people with a smile good morning good afternoon even it's like hello it's a shitty day isn't it <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's it's like, you know, just uh, you can see some people having a shitty day. Yeah, it's a shitty day, isn't it? Lighten it up. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. But I'm going to turn it around. And that's the point. Turn it around. The, The biggest triumph you have over people that cause you harm is walking forward in life. Yes in your own abundance, in your mm-hmm. own enrichment, because they wanted you to be the victim suppressed yeah. under their farm.
0: And, and now you're it.
1: living in joy. You're living in happiness. That is something that is, you know, like hives to them. They can't take you being happy without right. them. Right. Right.
0: And I tell them the, the families that aren't supportive, I say, you know, Everybody has bad days, everybody. So I want you to imagine your worst day, which for us in that situation or for me, and when I was in that situation was probably one of my best. Yes. And imagine you at your worst day and everybody around you that you know is normally there to help you and love you and whatever, just belittling you to no end on that day. Yes. And that's what you're doing. Yes. That's not okay. You know, and then the woman came up to me afterwards and she's like, you just don't, and I'm I'm not very open about having many surgeries that I've had. It's more about them. It's not about me. It's yeah. really kind of very little about me and more about what we're going to accomplish. And so she was like, you understand, I have to go get this, you know, whatever done or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? I said so that you had to have a lot of surgeries. Well, no, this is my third. And I was like, sweetheart, I've had over a hundred have a great day. And, you know, she just listened to me up there. We had everybody laughing and smiling and hugging and embracing the moment and loving life And here she is complaining about, like, a hangnail or, you know, toenail having to be cut or whatever it was. It was something, you know, cosmetic. And it's like, if you can be sour more than I have every right to be sour, by all means, go ahead. Because if you can find me someone
1: who deserves to more than me, you go ahead and do it. I also think don't hide back that you've had those surgeries. I think paint the canvas. Paint a canvas. This was me. Right? Right? This was me uh, even showing the picture of what you looked Uh, like. There's pictures of me on the website. I I believe you should do that in your talk. And then you should then say a hundred surgeries later, these amount to go. This is me now with your contagious smile. How did I get there? Now you've got their attention. Yeah. Right. Just like we have spoken about today, we started off with the contagious smile of everything you do, your daughter, the the whole beautiful thing of the presence of what you're doing, and then the horrific story of why you're doing it. Uh, But ending up with the fact you're still smiling and you're still sharing that smile. So, you know, don't ever be afraid to actually show people exactly what it is. I've had people on here talk about, the sexual abuse they had from grandfathers, from fathers, and mothers knew. You know, one guy, uh, three of the siblings kneeling on the floor in the kitchen while mum and dad are playing Russian roulette, who should we kill first, Ma? And if it wasn't sexual abuse, it was beating, and then into foster care, and, you know, you name it. And and what he's doing today, um, he started to think called comfort cases, backpacks for foster children, and it's gone on to doing extraordinary things. You need somebody like him in your organization who knows how to work that system, right? Because this is where you're at now. You need other people to step up and help you take it further. He went from that hell to that triumph because he's standing up for other people who have been ignored. You're doing the same. You came from your hell, from literally the fire and the brimstone. You've stepped into your own heaven of light and love shedding light on what is and what we need to change a society, but how we can help the people going through it now, however small or big of what they're going through, because it's not about measuring. I went through more than you. It's about, it's about I'm going through that. I want to prevent you. I went through the grand Canyon. I want, you're going to have potholes. I don't want, I only want it to be potholes, not grand Canyon. Right. So, Yes, please learn from her, folks. This is a podcast that you have got to share. You've got to share it out with other people. You know somebody in your community that you know is going through something. Pull her or pull him aside because I've done shows of male abuse as well. Yes, and yeah. It goes on, all abuse. It doesn't matter child abuse, man-women abuse, senior abuse. It's out there. The whole thing is if we just go, oh, really, really, I don't see it. Because the hand is in front of our eyes, we are part of the problem. So if you know somebody out there simply ask the question, they're gonna probably go deny it. And but just to let them know, you know what, I feel there's something going on. And I'm here. And I'm here. Please feel free that you can talk to me without judgment, without fear. The
0: safe haven, bully free place.
1: Yes, exactly. And We could be outraged at what's happening to you, but no, you didn't ask for it. You didn't ask for it. When people go that far, I will take the onus in my relationship that I gave my ex the boots to kick me with because I didn't have enough self-value. But also that self-value I did have was beaten out of me until I decided to come back and find it so when he started arguing, I used to say to him, take it out in the mirror. That's the only one interested. Right. I'm not interested in it anymore. But 21 years apart, we gave our daughter away at uh, at the marriage together. Recently, it was my grandson's first birthday. The entire family was there. He was there. He had a blow up and everybody told him to get out and take a walk and come back when he had calmed down. And so he knew suppressed. Nobody's interested in that. Been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah, and this is about the joy of our grandson. It's not about your ego, right? Mm-hmm. So, And you know, I said to them, your relationship with your father's, your relationship has got nothing to do with me. It's your relationship. And we see this time and time again in an abuse of mother and father. And then the kids are confused. But I love dad, but I don't condone what he did. But, you know, now what? And they're torn, yes. right, of what to do. And we need to help those children navigate through that as well yes
0: and we do come join our facebook group
1: and yes you know
0: what you're not just joining a group you're joining
1: a family community a family place where it's safe to be where even if you've got the frown they're going to turn it upside down he will. He and will even if you're him. smiling at that shitty day and laughing <laughs> at it you're smiling right but it's about being there for one another and I really you know if there was a medal to hand out to you about that I you would have it my darling and most certainly I want to work with you to getting you more help because what you are doing and why you are doing it and the effect that it's having on people and how it needs to be more people you need, you need your own army around you. How do people get hold of your book? What's its title? And also, how do people get hold of you at the site? And if people are kind of scared to reach out, where is a safe place to do so?
0: I am very cautious and I actually had someone earlier today ask me a couple of questions that raised red flags. So I started to kind of interrogate very professionally and nicely and then kind of found out that they weren't who they were. So you can reach out to me on Facebook, Victoria Curie. You can also... Can you spell
1: your uh, Curie, please, for people who are just listening?
0: C-U-O-R-E. And then on Facebook, we have A Contagious Smile, a support group. So you can request to come in and there are some questions to answer that will know that you are authentic and that you really need to be in there. And then you're in there and then we've got you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to a contagious smile.com and you can go in there and uh, there's all sorts of different things. You can send an email. It comes directly to me. I don't have anyone else reading them, not even my husband, because I get that insecurity that some women have and the intimacy mm-hmm. that wants that conversation. So it, they only come to me. Um, we have videos on YouTube, which is what I tell women a lot of times. They are so uplifting, the videos mm-hmm. that are in there, that you can go in there. And even if you're at home and you haven't gotten out yet, you can go listen to one of the videos and just get reminded of your strength internally and just get reminded of who you are and where you're going to be. So yeah. you can go and, and listen to those. Um, Instagram is a contagious smile. You reach out to me on any of those. You're not going to get, like I said, a high school kid or anything like that. You're going to, you're going to get me. And so just know that I'm not this person you'll never talk to. You'll talk to me.
1: And you know, if you are a person that wants to support financially, emotionally you know ever uh, reach out to us you know what there's the hands-on that people can do in your area which when they reach out you can discuss that but also people can do many things online for you. And, you know, I'm going to invite people out there. If there is a way that you can help her with the fundraising, which I'm going to try and do myself, but I'm not perfect at. And if you're better at it, please step up. Um, But also getting that message out of the work that she's doing and maybe taking some burden off her shoulders of some of the work that she's doing so that she can have time for herself, her daughter, and her husband. Okay.
0: If you go to um, Amazon, Who Kicked First is my book. and. I know you're going to get on me about this, but the proceeds of my book, I changed the charities constantly. And my daughter, I'm sure you remember Jerry Lewis, um, the telethon children's Miracle yes. network. My daughter was a finalist. And so we change the charities often, but the um, proceeds from my book, have been going there. I, so I always change that around. Um, so that's where you'd find the book.
1: You're just doing so much work, love. I just don't want you doing it alone. I want you to be supported um we're going to set you up even a paypal account so people can get in there and start supporting with donations uh, because i want you to get some physical help um well there is a
0: donation page on um our website because we are partners with make a wish and we were helping them but that fundraiser has ended and i haven't taken that down yet um but i've never promoted the you know, fundraising part
1: of it, except for Make a Wish. So- okay, well, no, we're going to have, you know, Make a Smile Fund, which is funding Contagious Smile Platform, which is funding you because it's time. You know, you're sharing out, you're sharing out, you're sharing out. Remember, you can only give as much as is in your tank. And when your tank becomes empty, you can't help anyone else anymore. So we want to fill up your tank. So that donation button now has got to be in supporting contagious smile and you and the help that you need. Right. Because that is important. Um, Oxygenate yourself first, darling. Oxygenate yourself first. Mm -hmm. and. You know, I mean, for everything that you've been through, everything that you are, everything that you're doing, truly, I I so appreciate you and what you are doing. And I really do encourage people, please go to CourageousSmile.com. Her donation contagious. button is uh, contagious. Sorry, I want to call it Courageous. <laughs> <laughs> she has the Courageous Smile on ContagiousSmile.com. <laughs> uh, and I want you to press that donate button and support. I don't care if it's five bucks, 50 bucks. 50,000, I don't care. Please help her because she needs to actually have other people come in and help so that um, she's not going to get burnt out. But the more help she has, the more she can serve other people. And that's really what it's about. It is so utterly sad, um, shameful, and disgraceful that um, society wasn't there for her or for other people that are going through what they're going through, where there are no rights. Um, this, the police had a case that would have put them away, and the goddamn military stood in the way. And, you know, I'm sorry, this is just not allowed. And a lot of things need to be re-looked at. And uh, this, as I said, not the first time I've told the story of the military. And um, it says whether it's the church, the military, politics, or, you know, our education, you know, whatever we're saying, people should not be hiding behind something. If they have committed an atrocity, they should own it. Just as we have to own our actions and everything we do, they must own theirs. Because what message is it sending to everyone else? It's okay. You're in the military. You can beat them to death and it won't make a difference. No, I'm sorry. No, that is not going to happen on our watch, No, whether you are, convicted by military um uh, trial or not we're going to put you on trial so make you accountable you are an exceptional woman you really are Thanks. and and thank you so much for what you do and uh, you know what folks please uh, you know i advocate for like um book club I advocate for podcast club. I want you to listen to the show. I want you to listen to the story. You know that each one of you has a story inside of you that you have suppressed and kept to yourself. This is the time to share. This is the time to talk. This is the time to be supportive of one another, but also the time to reach out to a contagious smile and support the work that she's doing as well. And remember, a smile goes such a long, long, long way. Mm Thank you so much, Victoria. It's been truly an honor having you on here. Thank you. Until next time, folks, turn that frown upside down. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. Please tune in to our selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see all the other genres that we have from you. Every week on Tuesday, we bring you new shows from illuminating people. If you know someone that should be interviewed, please contact us at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com. Now stay tuned for your next show.